Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Your call has been forwarded to an automatic voice message system. Zero, one, two, three is not available. At the tone, please record your message. When you have finished recording, you may hang up or press 1 for more options. Hello, Will. Hello, Laura. It's Rachel Fairburn here. I'd like you to pay a visit to the Clink Museum in London because it's a really delightful day out and you'll see lots of lovely things. We normally do like a false start bit, but we're not talking about anything. We just said, shall we record? Hello and welcome to another episode of the National Treasures Podcast, the podcast where me, Laura Lex, and me, Will Duggan, go on delightful days out and take you with us. We're in your ears and we're uh, on a train. We're in your ears and on a train, yeah. We are, yeah. So it's a beautiful, sunny, sunny, sunny day and we are catching the Thameslink train from Brighton up to London to go to prison. Yeah, we're going to the clink, baby. Do you know what happened? Will said he was English and we got arrested. Oh, yeah, I said I was a white English man and you probably can't say that anymore. <laughs> and now, now we have to go and live in prison. So we're going to visit the clink. It's, I think it's a really good day to go because it's such a nice day. I'm going to be really sad to be in there. Yes, well, um, I've been looking at the TripAdvisor reviews of it and from the, the lower-ended reviews... Lower-ended? <laughs> yeah. Um, do some TripAdvisor reviews for the clinging... We've been sent by Rachel. Lovely Rachel Fairburn. Lovely Rachel Fairburn. Um, I do want to hear these TripAdvisor reviews because I've just watched you finding them while I was sat looking out the window and your little giggles really made me <laughs> excited for what's to come. So, uh, <laughs> overall, it's one of the most um, normal amount of reviews you know and, and the writing is normal apart from the one that really made me laugh so there are about 1700 reviews of the clink museum TripAdvisor. average is a four star beautiful okay um, of those 1700 the majority are five 700 ish and then the next load are fours and then threes i think of the 1700 only 100 are one and two so i found one a four star one that was just entitled enjoyable visit and this is roughly the gist of all of them so it's from this month as well, March 2022. Overall, an interesting and informative visit with plenty of hardware to see. Enough to see and make the visit worthwhile, and it represented reasonable value for money. Bang. Dush. That is... Why are you even bothering reviewing? You are... 
That is the straightforwardest review I've ever heard in my life. You are the outlier of TripAdvisor reviewers because you're someone that goes outside and sees people. You're normal. <laughs> hardware. No. What are, like, not even, like, apparatus. Exciting things. There's some hardware. Goodbye. Yeah, good, good. This is a robot going to visit a prison. I went. I walked around thinking, this is value for money. I enjoyed the exhibits. Have a pleasant tomorrow. Um, the lower value of reviews <laughs> seem to focus very much on two things. One is that it, uh, they call it a bit t- run down, a bit tired, needs a refurbishment. The high. It was never a five-star establishment, and it's fucking old. Yeah. Uh, and the second one... But, what, what, but if you refurbed it, it would be less yeah. impressive, yeah. because the whole point is that it's a garbage c- clink. Yeah. <laughs> if I walk in and think, I'm going to have to live here, yeah. then a bad job. Oh. Uh, and the second one is that uh, if you're not that engaged, you can do the whole thing in about 20 minutes. Yeah, I can do Alton Towers in 10 minutes yeah. if I don't go on any of the rides. But the nicer ones are saying, oh, it took us an hour, and two hours. Uh, quite a few of them said it was very busy. Like, Good, that's nice. <laughs> but this one really made me laugh. So one you want to try being in there when it's ramo full of people being arrested for being poor, mate. Yeah, <laughs> when, you, when you sleep with nine people and a million rats. <laughs> very poor service. Um, this one really made me laugh. So it's a one-star review, and the title of the review is Plastic, Nothing Real. <laughs> and it said, it's smelly. It's dark. <laughs> it's small. There are pl- up, right. So so far, those three words are things I'm expecting, anticipating, <laughs> nay wanting from my yeah. trip to an old prison. Um, and they said the mannequins are plastic and didn't look very realistic. What do you want? Like a Victorian convict in there <laughs> crying for his mum. <laughs> Um, to- Wouldn't that be decent though? That if you like, there was a prison sentence version where instead of being sent to like a normal modern prison, you just had to go and be in the clink and have like tourists stare at you. Yeah, but you would really ruin the four four. Like, what are you in for, Asbo? <laughs> um, and then this is the funny sentence: I do not recommend visiting, as you will not learn anything. <laughs> um, here's the one that really made me laugh, though. It's a five star review now this person enjoyed the clink a little bit too much and you know when people go and see Al Murray and the pub landlord and they're like no he's got a good point actually I don't get the joke I think this person's oh, here no. the clink prison museum is a cold cruel place to wander around and so it should be to show <laughs> how we used to treat criminals properly <laughs> There were good ways to get the truth on display and some lovely stories of ill treatment. I loved every minute. (laughs) That person needs a resting right now. That person's got a lampshade made out of human skin in their house. Some enjoyable ways to get the truth, was that? Also, what I love is that person has knows enough that like torture is used to get the truth to to get confessions, but isn't like every bit of research into torture be like it's not effective. People say anything to stop the pain. Also, it's that sort of thing that um, I think happens a lot with people that like days out like this, where they assume that they would have been the torturer. Like, you'd have been the one being tortured, my darling. Yeah, so um, really made me laugh. (laughs) Really made me laugh, that guy. (laughs) I just walked around with a little stiffy in his pants. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, I'm excited. I'm going to see some rats, some plastic mannequins. Um, Just some old bloke whacking in the corner. The South Bank is well nice, isn't it? Yes. 
it really is it's my favorite part of london um i like it all everything from the globe to the bfi to that little market that sells books to especially on a day i'm not finished oaxaca especially on a day like today the south bank really reminds me of when i lived in london and i didn't necessarily have the money to do a lot so like a very cheap thing to do would be to just walk to the south bank and be here there's a um there's a bar on the south bank called the i want to say the understudy and i will because that's what it's called um where when i was a single man i would uh, a single and i was new in london so it was all very exciting to me still I would either arrange to meet, I would arrange to meet dates at the understudy, or Buckingham Palace. <laughs> um, and on one week, when I was really, really putting it about, I think I went to the to like three nights in a row with three different girls. Did the staff look at you like, who's this absolute lad? Yeah, but that's how everyone looks at me always. <laughs> people, people right now walking on South Bank are thinking, wow, the Tate Modern, and that's probably the sexiest. <laughs> mo- ah, for fuck's sake, Laura's just thrown tea in everyone. What's the point of this? tea bag out so that I didn't get tea all over me. Well, you shouldn't have thrown the tea everywhere then. Well, thanks for listening. <laughs> oh, it's really hot. Mm. It's tea. It's, you've, you've owned that tea about 19 seconds. Are you okay, if yes. I should ask? Are you okay? Sorry. I'm, I'm a bit burned, but you know, these things happen. Sorry, you've got tea all over you. Oh, beer. God, I have got tea all over It's been over there. Take this right. with you. Okay, I'm doing gym. my walk of shame to the bin now to get rid of tea bag. Now I'm going to prison for littering tea everywhere. Can you litter liquids? Can you litter liquids? Um, you can piss. Yeah, but isn't the crime there, you know, like... Having your knob out. Having your wang out. <laughs> having, your, having your lad out. <laughs> Probably. We've arrived at the prison, a delightful walk along the South Bank. You forget how much London stinks of shit when it's hot. Well, yeah, I mean, it was a delightful walk on the South Bank until right at the end when we were by the Anchor Pub, which I'm not accusing of smelling like shit, but the smell of effluence everywhere. Horrendous. Um, we're at the Clink. It's quite. It's a lot cheaper than I was thinking. Eight pounds. That feels very reasonable for a London attraction. Well, I think it's a... Um, from what I can tell on the on the, the like, it's quite it's quite like almost family owned, ah. so it's like it's not a big operation. Ah. So you get here, it's on Clink Street. Nice, easy to remember. Right by, it's about maybe two hundred meters from the Globe. It's a lovely walk from Blackfriars, isn't it? So like for us, because we can get the Thames Link up, or if you live in the Midlands, you get Thames Link down. Walk from Blackfriars, you see St Paul's, you see the Shard, you see the Tate. Oh, the Globe. Globe, yeah. Uh, and the river. Did you know? This is oh, that's when I learned the other day. The, the, the Thames, obviously you wouldn't drink the water, but it's actually very clean. It looks so dirty because it's a working river, so it's constantly being churned. Yeah. If you got a glass of like Thames water and left it for a day, it would just be silt and then, you know, there are dirtier liquids out there. <laughs> Urine. <laughs> We're going to find some. N- name a dirty liquid. Um, p- p- poo blood. Poo blood. The sort of blood that comes out when you poop too hard. Very simply, poo blood. Let's go in. Oh, it's immediately, you go down some stairs and there's like a proper old gate in front of you. You are entering the original site of the clink, the prison that gave its name to all others. Hello. 
and then the ticket booth has a little bell that says ring the bell for the jailer. Decent that, yeah. That gate is not messing about. Alright, so. Oh, hang on, it's going back the other way. <laughs> that gate is the equivalent of an actor that's got one line and is like, I am making it into every review of this show. I'll tell you what, five stars. Okay. <laughs> All right, so you walk in immediately. It's, it's sort of got London dungeon vibes. There's like a stock here, a uh, mannequin, not a real person, uh, with like a halberd um, and a sword right where his winkle would be. The prison itself established in 1144, just oh, before lunch. Hey, we love that joke here at the National Treasures podcast. Great. Well, shall we head in? Yes. Another creaking door. Oh, okay, we're in. We go through a door, and I believe we're in the bishop's room, and there's some signs on the wall about medieval Southwark. 900 years ago, the Thames was much wider than it is now. Huh. And its southern bank was marshy ground dotted with small islands of higher ground called hoops. I'm already learning. Uh, I'm already learning. I also, uh, just to tell you about the wideness I actually did I learned that last week on a tour of the Globe Theatre because the original Globe was like 200 metres further because they didn't have the embankment and everything it was literally just they were at the ah yeah the mercy of the tides the busy depots and barracks of Roman Southwark had long gone replaced with farmland and parks belonging to the wealthy monasteries that stood on the south bank so Southwark the South Work okay that's where Southwark comes from okay cool got it the defensive earthwork guarding the southern end of London Bridge, the city's first bridge, was established as a borough around 886. A three-number year. We yeah. hate those on years and years. I'll tell you what, 886, though. Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> From the very beginning, it was London's poorer, louder, wickeder neighbourhood. Did you know that the short to the west of the bridge was known as Bankside and is a playground for rich and poor alike? Do you know some things that it provided? Um, like dog, cock and bear baiting? Yeah, now I like to think of that as not dog baiting, cock baiting and bear baiting. Dog, cock and bear baiting. <laughs> you want to go down the south bank for a bit of dog? All right, so... Cock baiting, that's what I do every time I step outside the house. Oh, wow. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, behind us there's some... Um, Oh, a blacksmith's forge. Oh my god, that hammer. I can't even say it. This hammer is heavy. Feel this. Don't hit me with it, obviously. <laughs> this is really heavy. Let's have a go. Fucking hell. That is heavy, isn't it? The blacksmith's job was to make things from iron or steel, such as weapons, horseshoes, chains. A good blacksmith could make just about anything, and the trade itself is very old. A huge fan of this statue of the bishop because it looks like he's doing a poo that's taking ages. It really does. He's sort of sitting on his chair. Who? This is Henry Bishop of Blois, Bishop of Winchester. Henry of Blois, Bishop of Winchester, brother of King Stephen and grandson of William Conquer. Wow, okay. Okay. Okay, so... I'll be honest, I'm really enjoying it thus far. You come in, it looks proper... 
It's got enough information. It's a bit interactive. Well, there's a screen in front of us. The Bishop of Winchester. So we can watch We want him. to watch the bishop. Oh, and then there's like a CGI recreation of the bishop's palace as it would have been back in the day, just no, surrounded by fields. I love this kind of thing because it's one thing, like going to... What was that castle we went to go and see in Series 1 up in Cheshire? Beeston. Beeston. Great, but a ruin. Stuff like this where you can go, we know it's here now, but it looked like this. It really gets you involved in what's going on. Yeah. It's just so hard to imagine all this as fields. Yeah. It's like, because like, I listen, we were talking about what we're reading at the moment on the train on the way up. And um, I listen and read a lot of fiction, like historical fiction. And they say things like, oh, yeah, they walked to the village of Tooting and it was five hours away. And you're like, that's in the city centre. What are you talking about? Well, uh, you know, in Trafalgar Square, there's that um, church, St. Martin in the Fields. It's not a joke. It was just, it was a really fieldy area. Fucking Trafalgar Square. <laughs> the other day I was walking around Piccadilly Circus and, um, so, like, it was almost like a caricature of northern people on holiday because this, like, quite camp northern guy walking the other way went like, well, no wonder it was so busy. It actually were Piccadilly Circus. Very, oh, very funny. Uh, <laughs> and they were so genuine. It was really lovely. Um, oh, God, something nasty's happened to that woman over there. This is Ellen Butler. Ellen Butler was enticed to Bankside to work as a maid for Thomas Boyd, who she believed to be an innkeeper. <gasps> Do you think he's going to be an innkeeper? No, I don't think he is. I don't think he is at all. Oh, no. When she discovered the kind of house he really kept and what her work was to be, she refused and left. Boyd faked evidence against her and had her imprisoned in the clink. It was three weeks before she could manage to get word of her plight to the Lord Chancellor, pleading for help as there were laws against forcing women into prostitution. You'd hope... You got charged to be in prison, Laura. The charges that were taken from you when you were entered, the admission, the hire of your room, in brackets, jail cell, bed, bedding, lighting, fuel, food, water, not clean, ale. Fetter, the price to attach your fetters and chains. What? This is like buying a fucking flight from EasyJet. <laughs> So we're looking at the jail now in the 14th century. The inside of the clink is a squalid and perilous cellar crammed with assorted petty crooks, thieves, conmen, robbers, brothel keepers and debtors. The smell is truly nauseating. Yeah. Since the clink is close to the Thames, the prison would flood at high tide and the prisoners would be waist deep in raw sewage and swimming rats. Oh, a London flat with a swimming pool in zone one? <laughs> I hate that there's mannequins of children in the prison. It makes it a bit real. Well, the next room is people crying. Oh, that's interesting. The prison seems to have acquired the name, nicknamed the clink, in the 14th century from the clinking sound made as the jailer hammered the manacles closed. Really interesting. And then, by the next century, the whole district had been named the Liberty of the Clink. Now, this is... I love it, stuff like this. You could have told me all of this in a sanitised room and I'd have got the same information. But the fact that, like, it is a bit claustrophobic and we're not tall, that we're close to the ceiling and there's stuff hanging yeah. everywhere... There's lots of laundry hanging from the ceiling in this room. Lingerie? Laundry. Laundry. My, my, my apologies. I just love it. Like, it really... Oh, and there's different pillory types. The pillory holds the victims still so that they can be pelted with rubbish. A four-man pillory. 
Oh, the revolving pillory was a clever refinement. Any prisoners stepping forward to avoid a missile would drag the others along too, adding further indignity to the degrading spectacle. Fascinating. And there's just a child crying. Oh. Oh no, there's photos here of excavating graves from the bone. From the bone? From the ground. Half of the bones are of women aged over 35. Oh God. And the rest are babies. Oh, okay. You know the personal supervisor didn't like the mannequins? Yeah. They're thick. The mannequins are great. Yeah. If they were any re- more realistic, it would be, like, genuinely upsetting. Because that's the problem. Like, you need it to have a little bit of horrible histories-esque silliness about it. Otherwise, it is just horrendous. Oh, my God. There's a guy in here, Bishop John Hooper, in 1555. Uh... And he was burned alive outside Gloucester Cathedral. Wow. A lot of priests in his. Yeah, well, I guess, you know, there was a lot of religious upheaval around the 1500s, 1600s. They were constantly changing the religion of the country. So people were, like, sticking to being Catholic despite the fact Elizabeth had made it all Protestant. And, like, the, the Cromwell years of, like, kicking out Cardinal Wolsey and changing it over. There's a little stuffed rat on the floor down there. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Because Southwark always had been the most tolerant district of London, it was a natural home for people that wanted to be separate from the Church of England. Ooh. Oh, so it was like a place where people started to plan for moving to America. Now, though, I read a book, and I think this is more your area than mine. We think of the Puritans as like, oh, we're off now, but they were like religious extremists. Like, they were mad. Oh, yeah, and like the ones that actually left here to go to America, I think they spent like 15, 16 years living in the Netherlands first, and then like didn't gel well with the locals because of course they didn't they were nightmare then came back here and then went off to the americas i think we discussed that in a years and years didn't we yeah maybe and if you want to years and years you're on our patreon what's this in the 1600 oh so because we're next to the theater i think they've got some items that have been archaeologized from around here did you know that at low tide of the thames near where the theatre is, you can often find little clay pipes. So you know you know, you know my little one-use vape pen? Yeah. They sold, like, little clay pipes that were quickly made with enough tobacco for, like, a smoke. So you just buy it and then just chuck it in the river and go and see your play. <laughs> oh, I think we might be about to walk into the torch a bit. So. Oh, look at this great door here, like a wooden door with the holes in it. So you can, please, sir, give me something else to eat. Oh no, it is the torture room. So it's like a chair where um, straps for your, like leather straps for your hands and feet, and then one for I imagine your neck, and then sort of a man in the iron mask style helmet with a depressor for your tongue. I think you've actually touched this. I tell you what's horrible though, is it's hard to tell whether this was for torture or for women in childbirth. Oh God, that's so heavy. Where'd you like your head? Do you want to sit in it? No, I don't. Oh, there's a little cell here that you can look into. Oh, no, they've got, like, small versions of a stretching rack. 
and uh, they've got a little like Ken doll on it being pulled. So that's the rack, and you just stretch the victim. What's this one here? The scavenger's daughter and Skeffington's irons. Although the rack was said to be the ultimate instrument of for torture, torture. Why are you reading it when it's upside down to you? These invented by Sir William Skeftington, Lieutenant of the Tower of London, compressed the victim, causing great pain as well as bleeding from the nose and ears. They also had the advantage of being easily portable. Oh my god, it's horrible. So the Kendall is in like sort of like child's pose if you know yoga and then um they're basically in a vice and they they just get squeezed up if you don't know yoga very similar to like the islamic prayer um position and if you don't know the islamic prayer position or yoga they're just sort of crouched over and if you know what crouched over means doggy style they don't know they're out to get doggy style everybody knows doggy style oh that is truly horrible there's something about having the dolls on these. And the dolls have been fashioned into, like, black onesies with black hoods over their heads. Also, the skin on the... Or the hat, the, the flesh, the, the skin of them that you can see has been dirtied. Yeah. So it's not like a new Kendall. They've, you know what, you get a bit of paper and put a tea bag on it so it looks old. They've done that to the Kendall. By the way, it's probably not a Kendall. It probably is a knockoff. But you can't see his head, so who knows? Oh, and there's a wall over there that looks very much like your mum and dad's bedroom. It's like lavender. It's got a nice painting on it. Oh, no, you're doing a BDSM joke. What a weird <laughs> joke to make. It's because I was just listening to the Welford Park episode. Yeah, I know, yeah. Just... Leave my mum out of this. <laughs> so we've got the collar. There's a co- so there's all along the wall here, attached to a log and to the wall, are different... Um, torture devices and manacles so you've got the collar here which is a big metal collar but it's got like almost like swastikas made out of metal stuck around the I edge of it wire. yeah uh, yeah and you can hear it squeaking my brain doesn't very quickly go to swastikas <laughs> on the floor you've got the manacles you've got a ball and chain an actual one it's not it's not my boots. husband chastity belts Ooh. No use for you, were they? No, that ship has long since sailed. Nothing stops you getting your fill. <laughs> oh my God, we're told that knights lock their wives into these devices before departing on the crusades. No, no I have heard that, that is a lie. As it says underneath, they may not have been invented to the 15th century. I think they were more of a apocryphal tale than actually used. How would you go to the toilet? Yeah, the boot. The principle of crushing the feet and legs was applied in numerous ways, including enclosing the leg in a narrow box that would be constricted by means of wedges. <gasps> Did you just actually hurt yourself in the thumbscrew? I've just thumbscrewed myself and it hurt, man. <laughs> I was playing with the thumbscrews and it off really hurt my hands. Oh, William. The last person to be thumbscrewed in the United Kingdom was me. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, there's loads of heads up on the wall, oh, on spikes. Can we see why? Oh, so you'd get you'd get branded. An M meant that you were a wrongdoer, a malefactor. A V, where you're a vagabond. A B, you were a bored or hate harlot. A 
an F for felon. They Imagine are. H was heretic as well. Oh, it's horrible. The ones in the mannequins up the top are burnt real deep too. Like, I don't feel like there is that much flesh on my forehead before skull. No, neither do I. You've got to hope it was done. The third guy from the end's eyes are open so wide. He looks truly horrifying. I hate the idea of torture. I'd rather die. All I can think about as I walk round is that bloke on TripAdvisor who's like, yeah, brilliant, this is how it should be done. Ugh. Oh, is that a cat of nine tails? Yeah, there's a cat of nine tails in this cabinet. And some axe heads, boat hooks, a European flintlock pistol. There were three other prisons in Southwark, Laura, King's Bench, the Surrey Compter, and Horsemonger Lane, where Dickens witnessed a public execution in 1849. Do you know, you know people like our friend who was like, yeah, bloody good, good actually, I deal people like this. Um, I think they should be forced to like watch something horrible and go, that's, it's not nice, is it? Yeah. The idea of like getting into debt and then falling into prison is so terrifying and so stupid that anybody thought it would help in any way. Oh, they've got a name. They've got a list of names of people. That's quite good. That's really nice. So it's not everyone, so it's about maybe, I don't know, 100 names there? Maybe just over, just under? And then many more whose names have been lost, but like, you know, Adam Douse, John Lothrop, Ellen Butler, we mentioned her earlier, Margaret Hathwick. And many others whose names have been lost in time. Priest Saxe. <laughs> the drunkard's cloak. Oh look, they'd make you stand in a barrel. That's what would happen to you, Will. I'm not a drunk. Oh no, there's a big oh, sword. A 15th century sword. Whoa, the heavier sword weighed 18 kilograms. Usable in one or two hands, it is classed midway between the arming sword and the true two-handed sword. I mean, you've really got to have... Really have some upper body strength to wield the fucking thing. Do you know what the gibbet reminds me of? So the gibbet's like a cage that you sort of, I imagine, die in. It reminds me... You're not... Oh, my God. So, displayed bodies of wrongdoers were... Uh, shown in gibbets as a crow on top with an eyeball. Um, the London Bridge, there were loads. You'd be coated in pitch and hung up to be eaten by crows, rooks and ravens. Many hardened criminals, unafraid of hanging, were reduced to terror at being measured for their last suit by the blacksmith. Um, there's one in the failed film Willow with Warwick Davis. Which I love, actually. I mean, it should have done better. But there's a guy in a gibbet in that, and it really terrified me as a kid. Do you want to walk through to the beheading bit, Laura? Yeah, there's a, I just want to look at... There's a really cool picture over the door here of oldie-worldie London with fields, and there's the globe and the clink. Yeah, yeah nice. So the original globe, obviously, was further back, like I was saying. Yeah, Southwark Cathedral there. Yeah. Is that London Bridge there? Yeah. Yeah, it says London Bridge next to it, so that you can tell. Don't be naughty. <laughs> Have you been watching the um, 
Tim Key and Daisy May Cooper sitcom The Witch. I watched Finder. the first episode. I've not gone back to it yet. I'm enjoying it. Um, okay, so there was a guy who was imprisoned in 1670 called Henry Bronker. He was better known as the Rat Man. I'm the Rat Man. Ski ba 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 da ba. Rat Man and Bobbin. <laughs> He was in prison for debt in 1670. Few people that he can remember from his days of freedom are still alive. He's, he's sort of become known as the father of the clink because he gives a lot of advice. The brown rat is an indiscriminate scavenger that will eat fat, parchment, leather, feces, and it is on such a diet that Henry feeds his stock of prime rats. Once rubbish has been converted to rat meat, Henry will slaughter skin and eat his livestock. Oh, repulsive as it may seem, eating rats is better than starving. So he's sort of like farming rats in his in his cell. Horrible. Beheading. It's no way to go, you know. At least it's quick. I don't think it is quick. If you've got a good executioner, it is. If you've got a sharp axe and a good executioner, but I think it's... I think you feel the first one. Yeah, but what else would you rather? I wouldn't want to hang. Die of old age? Sure. Yeah, do you know what? Send us me to death <laughs> of old age. If you've got to die, though, like, if not beheading, what are you going for? <sighs> um, well, no. So beheading in general. I've got to be a firing squad, probably. Um, quick, isn't it? That's quick. If they aim right. No, but they're soldiers. You've got to assume they're aiming right. It's like but a beheader's a beheader. Yeah, but I think, you know, there's multiple variables. The guillotine... Yeah. Or like something where it's mechanised. But all it takes is him to be hungover, tired, had a row with his wife. If he's off his stride... Do you know what, actually, the ones that weren't very good at beheading got more work because it was more of a spectacle for the crowd. There you go. So, yeah, no, thank you. Did you know the severed bone from King Charles's neck was later set in gold and used for 50 years as a salt pot in the Tower of London? Until Queen Victoria found out and angrily insisted the bone be turned to the king's coffin. Nice one, Vicky. See, she might have ruined India for a while, but hey, she had a heart of gold. Listen, the past, what a nightmare. Oh, we're going to go through a rope door here, which I don't like touching. And we're in... 1745 to 1780. The last site of the Clink prison was situated on the corner of Gravel Lane and Maid Lane... Uh, its previous site was so decayed and dilapidated that it had to be moved to a dwelling house on Bankside. This was then burnt down by the mob in the Gordon Riots of 1780 and was never rebuilt. So this, the Gordon Riots are the Protestant Lord George Gordon, the MP for Luggers Hall, founded the Protestant Association to reverse the privileges given to Catholics under Prime Minister Lord North's Papist Act of 1778, which says that Catholics are now able to be priests, run schools, inherit property, and join the army. Uh, he said, oh God, this has to stop. Catholics are all agents of the Pope and hate King George, and we all know what they did last time. They cannot be trusted. Oh, and there's an advertisement on there for a film I was in once. A Nightmare on Cock Lane. <laughs> Oh my god, the cock lane ghost at it again. It put the willies up me. <laughs> I don't mind it. 700 people died. Oh my goodness. In the riots which burned down the uh, 
So we look at these boards that sort of set like um, newspapers, which is where the, the joke came in about Cock Alley. Um, but yeah, 700 people died during the riots where they burned down the priest. But then the little like fluffy bit is, read how pretty Kitty Fisher had a thousand guinea banknote for breakfast on a slice of bread and butter. I shall never allow Sir Aikens to enter my portals even one more time, she declared, for he is a cheapskate and the sire of all skin flints. What that? Who's that for? Well, it's the same as the Daily Mail now, isn't it? It'll be like, oh, here's how, you know... Nazanin was imprisoned for six years of her child's life, like, you know, without hope of getting out. And then at the top, it'll be like, oh, what if William and Kate warned to this party? Oh, this is fun. You He's moved on, don't worry. When they've got some um, wanted signs up in here in the rogues gallery of different criminals and what they're wanted so for. Thomas Blood, who saw the crown jewels, Claude Duval, a highwayman, and Mole Cuthurst, a petty criminal. Oh no, a girl beater. Oh no. Elizabeth Brownrigg, John Bishop, body snatcher. <laughs> oh, on the wall here, they've got chalkboards pinned to the wall and chalk and rubbers out so children can draw, like, let me out, like, do, like, um, yeah. prison graffiti. Someone, oh no, and there's a coffin. Someone's written, R U L U and Jen were here. And then someone's written, they killed my wife here. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Nice little gift shop. Oh my god, those rubbers take you back, don't they? Like a rainbow rubber with where you've been printed on it. Do you remember Yikes rubbers? Like the brain, yeah. yeah. Little coffin you can put your hand in. But I don't want to, actually. <laughs> and there we have it. What a lovely time. That is a fun place to come um, as a, like... If you've got kids, you can't really spend more than an hour at a museum because it's so boring. And this is so central. Eight pounds is, you know, if you're on a trip to London, you're expecting things to be pretty pricey. That felt reasonable to me. Yeah. And that was, that was fun and engaging. Fun and engaging. Nothing too overwhelming. Nothing too dry. A lot of fun. I mean, I would say... Unless you were a huge fan of prisons, it's maybe not worth going to London just to do this. But as we said, you're on the South Bank, you're... But imagine, in the morning, you're up in Walthamstow, you see William Morris's gallery, then you nip down into the centre, you come to the clink, and then you go out for dinner. Pizza Express, then you go and see a play at the Globe. Also, 23 quid for a family, that's not bad, you know. No, not in central London. I wonder if Rachel does this as a, like, killing time in central London type thing. Yeah, definitely. If you're, like, you know, there are quite a few meetings and gigs around here. If you're pissing around, you've got an hour, eight quid. Yeah, yeah. really enjoyed that. It's on brand. Um, let's go and talk to Rachel about why she does like it. Cool. And here we are now with the lovely Rachel Fairburn. Hello, Rachel. Hello, mate. How are you? Very well, thank you. How are you? Absolutely I like that you did a creepy tongue thing there to greet Rachel. That, like, you can always tell when you really know the guest because you are <laughs> weird. Yeah, also, he did that and I didn't bat an eyelid. No, you didn't. <laughs> yeah. Hi, Will. Are you Hi, Will's mum? <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Rich. How are you? Are you all right? I'm well, how are you both? Are you both well? We're good, yeah. Good. We, we've good. had a lovely time at the Clink. It, oh. um, what a place, eh? It's amazing. 
Is it somewhere that you go when you're like killing time in central London? It's a place that I go uh, when I... So I'm really into morbid, miserable, weird things, macabre things. But I went um, for my birthday (laughs) about, I think it was about, just in that little bit when when it reopened after the pandemic. And uh, I love it. I just think it's, I don't, it's just so weird. It's such a bizarre thing that exists, but also where it is in the central area of London, it, it, it feels like it belongs there, but yet it doesn't feel like it belongs there. And I don't think a lot of people know about it. I think a lot of people have walked past it and haven't necessarily been in. But um, if I'm honest, I could I could visit there every day. It was de- that's a, you've just summed me up completely. I've walked past it a million times. Yeah, I've never looked at it like to to go in. And then when we did look at it, I was like, it's only eight quid. Like that's the cheapest hour and a half you can have in yeah. London. And like, not that eight quid's not a lot of money for some things, but like for killing an hour and a half in London, I'm like, if I got two coffees, I'd exactly. spend eight quid. And, and we did get two coffees. We did get two coffees. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so central, isn't it? It's crazy. Yeah, it's amazing. It's um a hidden gem. To me, anyway. I mean, it's not everyone's cup of tea or cup of coffee. But what's quite nice about it is that even if it's not, like, the London Dungeon, for example, I remember going to that when I was a kid, and it terrified me really badly. But it goes on for too long. And each room, they have to sort of up the ante in how gruesome or macabre or terrifying it is. Where one of the nice things with this is, you go in, even if you take everything in, an hour later, you're done. Bang, that's it. Yes. You're not constantly being heightened, heightened, heightened. Well, interestingly enough, I actually went to the London Dungeon last week. Um, you know, it's just a little day out. And, uh, I get Are you okay, mate? By that. <laughs> no, I'm not. I get highly embarrassed by sort of that kind of thing, you know, that kind of acting mm. vibe or used to. I don't necessarily... I'm a bit better with it now, I think, because, you know, I'm past humiliation now because of stand-up. But I, I feel like... Um, it. So the, the the great thing about the clink is, I mean, obviously, the, as you said, the London Dungeon is like basically a, a a grim theme park in a way, isn't it? Because it's got a what two rides. One of them is bloody awful, but but that's another story for another day. But I know what you mean. It's like, but everything in the clink speaks for itself. Every little item has its own grim history. It's you know you can pick up a thumb screw. Or you can sit in a chair that, you know, you can, you know, sort of um, uh, manacle yourself into. And and it's just all these different things of like, oh, God, what happened to people with this? Mm. Or, you know, the um, every everything in it is its own, has its own multiple stories and can make you feel relieved that you didn't live in the past is what I <laughs> would say. <laughs> I was going to say, like, is that your? Have you always been into macabre stuff? And is it is it like a weirdly cheering thing because it's then not in your life now, or like what's the fascination? So I've always been interested in macabre weird things, and I think it started from when I was. I'm talking like when I was four or five. I remember my granddad had a book that was um, about the Illustrated Police News and it was all the, you know, 
sort of hyped up Victorian stories of, you know, there'd be real murders in there, but then there'd be stuff, and it, the, it had sort of those etchings, you know, the, the sort of, the ones, you know what I mean, when you see them, the drawings, it'd be stuff like, you know, child thrown into a fire, and, uh, you know, chimpanzee murders woman at zoo, and all these, <laughs> you know, all like a... Two of the classics there, two of the classics. <laughs> yeah, it, but it was just, they just, the stories, but the picture, I remember, I remember obviously I was too young to read, but the pictures... I used to sit there fascinated by the horrible pictures. And so my grandma said to my granddad, like, why are you letting her look at that book? And he's like, oh, she's, she likes it. Leave her alone. I used to carry it around with me. So I, but from then on, it's like my granddad was very interested in sort of uh, serial killers and murder and sort of ghost stories and monsters and freak myths and anything macabre. He was interested in it. And it, it totally... Um, it's basically it is i'd say macabre miserable creepy stuff is 90 percent of my sort of day there's i'm either reading about it thinking about it writing about it um and i, I yeah I, I i know it sounds really bad to say i love it i love it it's, i can't get enough of it that's why we're friends Exactly. <laughs> get much more macabre or weird than you, does it? Mate? I mean, I mean, that's what I was implying, Rachel. I do feel they're just stating it out straight out there. <laughs> and do you feel the same? Because, like, so our catchphrase. Yes, I do actually, Laura. Thank you. Yes, I do. I do feel the same. I hate them. <laughs> Have you calmed down now, Will? Yes, I was going to have a little cry in the corner while I asked Laura a very good question. <laughs> Like, because our, our catchphrase on the podcast is the past, what a nightmare. Do you feel the same about modern macabre stuff, or is there like a film of removal when it's a long time ago? Uh, yes, I think I think very much so. There is that sort of you've had a bit of a breather, haven't you? Yeah, because you know, especially if you're reading about something so horrific that happened, say, 200 years ago, you go, Well, everyone's dead now that was involved in that, so. You can actually maybe see, you can look at it with a bit of, you know, distance and you wouldn't feel so bad. And this sounds awful. Maybe joking about it, for example, or, you, you know, thinking in your own head, laughing at something. But I do read modern day sort of true crime and, you know, I watch, I, 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 yeah, quite, I, as you would know by you going to the clink, I'm quite interested in uh, execution and torture. And... Uh, I find reading about public executions that still go on today in different countries, that's something that I can feel really sick about and really like, oh, what is, why is this still happening? Um, yeah, it does help to have that, that distance, definitely. Yeah. And I do find it, I mean, I, I do still read about it, but I do find it harder to read about things that are happening now. Because also there's that kind of thing of like, how is this still going on? Yeah. Like, why are we all so horrible? So you don't yeah. think you could be a torturer? Oh God, no. No. Absolutely not. But you could be the court reporter about the torture. Oh, I could report <laughs> about it, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Also, I like how I'm not the person that's stopping the torture either. I'm still letting it happen. <laughs> I'm not Amnesty International, but I'm equally not the Saudi government. I'm somewhere in go. the middle. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, fair play, Rachel. Fair play. Well, yeah, thank you for telling us. We had such a lovely it's lovely the right word because it was grim but it was really interesting also that rat king guy i've thought about him every day since we've left um the guy that the, trained rats 
so they could eat them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, or the, um, what about the the horrible, or that, the, the graveyard thing and the, oh, just everything's miserable, but yeah. it's fascinating. The thing that I um I really liked that they'd done, like, I've been dwelling on it, and, and I think my favourite thing that they've chosen to do as a museum is to the board that listed people that had been in there. Because um, obviously, as you go around, they've got, like, stories of different individuals, but then there's just a broad list of, like, in memory of these people. Because, mm -hmm. like, yeah, I think it is too easy to be like, oh, they were villains and scoundrels and they were criminals from another time and, and all these priests. But then, like, you look at that many names and you go, oh, man, they were just people. Like, yeah. they were human beings with the same nervous system we had and they were up yeah, to yeah. their ankles in raw sewage. Like, yeah, <laughs> it, it does make you sort of go, oh, no. Yeah, just really, really miserable times. And especially when you think, in terms of, like, how long ago things were, in terms of the world, that wasn't that long ago. No. Like, do you know what I mean? I just think, like... Yeah. We it's like when people world. nowadays, people in prison have got it too soft, they've got TVs in there. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, because we've now learned that, yeah. firstly, if you thumbscrewed people, it didn't help. Then if you just put them in a white room, they just go mad, that doesn't help. So yeah. now we're trying new things. <laughs> like, yeah. why do you think that was better, you weirdos? Exactly, exactly. It's They've got TVs. Now, we had lockdown. We were all in a room with nothing but a TV for <laughs> three months. I don't like you guys. I got fat and mad. <laughs> I was like two of the King Georges rolled into one sad little boy in East London. I just say, you should have fat and mad as a quote on your new poster. <laughs> it's like, um, what was it? Is it Lord Byron? Bad, mad and dangerous to oh, know. Bad, bad well and dangerous to know. <laughs> Will Duggan, fat and mad. <laughs> fat, mad and tedious to know. <laughs> fat, mad and boring. <laughs> um, right, well, Rach, thank you for yeah. that. Um, thank you. Rachel, obviously, um, I imagine everyone who listens to this does know where they can find you, but in case anyone slipped through the net, what can people come and see yes. you doing? Oh, God, I'm terrible at this bit. Uh, I, I um, well, I'll be at the Edinburgh Fringe this this August. Ooh! Um, pop up there and see me. You uh, brave, brave soul. I know. I don't know what I'm doing, mate. I'd rather be in the clink. Um, I loved seeing you a few years ago when your dressing room was the same as Werewolf, and oh, about yeah. once a week, I'd just see you in there in your nice like onesie, and I'd be like, oh, this is nice. It was nice that dressing room. I enjoyed that. People coming in and out. Um, other than that, oh, I, do right, right. I do I do podcasts about serial killers called All Killer No Filler. And if you want to find out wherever else I might be, just follow me on Twitter or Instagram at Rachel Fairburn. Hooray! I already do, but if I could do it again, I would do it twice. Oh, Laura. Rach, I'm going to unfollow you and then just re-follow you so you get that lovely endorphin <laughs> kick. <laughs> Thank uh, you. Amazing. Thank you so much, Rach. Thank you. Thanks Bye. for having me. Bye. And there we William. go. Oh. <laughs> you do it. No, you <laughs> William. Professional. Laura and Will. They're so professional. They're super professional. Yes. Uh, there we go. A lovely, uh, a lovely little chat there with the lovely Rachel Fairburn. Good episode, that, wasn't it? Chat, 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 chat. It was a good episode, Will. Thanks for coming with me. Thanks for joining me. 
Thanks for listening, listeners. Um, Thanks for being yourselves. Upgrade from being a listener to being a delishener in the super elite squad of delights that listen to everything we put out. All you have to do is head to patreon.com forward slash national treasures and just sign I'll up. I'll be honest with you though, let, let me just interrupt you there quickly while I do that. I think we should probably just say that clearly <laughs> so that they I can... did. That's the clear national treasures. <laughs> How are you spelling treasures? Treasures. Treasures. U-R-E-S. This is why. This is why we fail. (laughs) But we fail on our own terms. Do you know what? Don't go there then. I don't want to see a single Patreon sign up this week. Just get away. It's a bold move. It's a bold move. (laughs) Get out of here, you scoundrels. We don't even want your money. Ugh, we do. Your money is so fit. Your money is delicious. I want to kiss. I want to put your money. money in my bum. I want to put your money in my bum. <laughs> you sign up this week. I will send you a photo of a fiver rolled up in Will's bumhole. And if you don't, I'll send you three. <laughs> <laughs> so look, there's loads of stuff there. Oh, you know by now. And if you're still listening to this bit. This bit where it's just us begging for your money. You love our voices so much, or you're driving and you can't change what you're listening to, that you might as well sign up. You you fools. No, oh, I don't think you're fools. I love you. Um, Will, can you end this, please? Otherwise, I'm just going to keep talking forever. So long, fools! <laughs>